and welcome to Wesley Union, a bi-weekly podcast from Studio Wesley that highlights the voices of different campus ministers and leaders in the United Methodist Church. Today we'll be hearing from Derek Scott III, a campus minister from Northeast Florida. Good to be with you all this Sunday evening. I just want to say hello to all of our CCWs who are watching the stream tonight, uh, as well as any partners, alumni, folks who just happen to find us um, either on Instagram or on Facebook. It's good to be with you all tonight. Um, I'm excited because uh, I, I really feel strongly about the words that I feel like I need to say tonight. Um, we are talking about the gospel this summer in CCW, um, digging into what it means to, uh, to even talk about the gospel, what, it, what the gospel says to us, what are the implications for our lives. And tonight I want to talk specifically about what it means to embrace the gospel, what it means to embrace the good news of the kingdom. In the Matthew text for this week, the gospel text, we hear that Jesus goes around preaching the good news of the kingdom. And and here's the thing. I don't think that when Jesus was walking on the earth, he just wanted to sort of give these lectures, lectures on the gospel, lectures on the good news, and people would be like, yeah, it was nice, and I'll just go on about my life. I actually think that Jesus really wanted people to hear the good news and to receive it, to, to embrace it. And what does that mean, to embrace? It means to bring it close, to bring it in, to... Um, become deeply acquainted with the gospel. That's what I want to talk about tonight. And I feel like the text that Haley read a bit ago out of Romans, uh, the Romans 5 text this week, really gives us some clues of what it means to embrace the gospel, how we, ingra- em- ooh, how we embrace the gospel. And, and so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I do want to say that the Romans 5 text is an amazing text. And um, there's so much going on in there. And you guys know I really want to talk about all the things that's going on in there. Um, But we're we're just going to talk about this very specific topic of embracing the gospel as um, as it pertains to this particular text, Romans 5, 1 through 8. And so the first thing that I think that it means is that if we're going to embrace the gospel, it means that we're going to get active. And so hear these words right out of the first few verses of chapter 5 in Romans. Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness combined with our faith. I just got to stop there because I love how the common English Bible says that. We have made, been made righteous through his faithfulness combined with our faith. There's this response that we are engaging in. There is um, this action that we take in response to what God has done. And Jesus goes on to say, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him and we boast in the hope of God's glory. That that, um, phrase, we stand through him, I want you to understand that when when Paul says they're standing, it is not a passive standing. It's the kind of standing that you do when you want to run away. It's the kind of standing that you do when you're ready to run and hide. That's the kind of standing. That's a very active, intentional standing. And it speaks to what I think when we embrace the gospel, it means that we get active. Again, we boast in the hope of God's glory. And I think that Paul uses this word that we translate boast to like get beyond just simply, um, yeah, we're like really good with it. But like we talk about it, we glory in it, we we find our joy in it. There's this action piece to um, embracing the gospel. 
And friends, I would just say to you that this takes time. Embracing the gospel, meaning that we get active with the gospel, it it definitely takes time. In the early church, um, one of the things we know historically is that when people wanted to come to Christ, wanted to come and be a part of the community of Jesus, it wasn't sort of like how it is now. You kind of put your hand up and say, I want to, I want to be a Christian, or you join a church. Like these folks would actually undergo like months of training. They would undergo months of training because being a follower of Jesus was not just sort of a prayer prayed or a group joined, but it was a life lived and people needed to learn. They needed space to learn what it actually means to follow Jesus. It's an action, not just a belief set. And we don't do that as much now. Um, you know, Definitely in CCW, we're not asking you to necessarily take months off of your life and just come learn what it means to be a CCW in the way of Jesus. We don't do that. Um, most churches don't do that. But I think what it speaks to is this need to embrace the gospel, which means we get active. And so I ask you, how has your understanding of the gospel led you to action? Not just led you to right belief, but actually led you to moments where you stand when you want to run. Led you to moments where you actually um, confess and articulate your joy because of Jesus in your life instead of just holding on to it. Moments that you recognize that God has acted so, so clearly in your life and therefore you must respond. You know, in the gospel text this week, um, in that it's Matthew 9, what we're going to hear is um, Jesus is going to say the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. It doesn't say the believers are few. It doesn't say the folks who are in the room, just, you know, butts and seats are few. The laborers are few. There is something active about embracing this gospel. So embracing the gospel, bringing it in, pulling it close, being acquainted with it. Yes, embracing the gospel means we get active. Embracing the gospel also means that we get personal. Hear these words coming again from Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 3. Not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Y'all, this is personal work. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you hear in a therapist office, right? Let's talk about your problems. <laughs> and I know some of you are like, I didn't sign up for that. Actually, embracing the gospel requires us to go deep. Embracing the gospel requires us to get deeply personal and to talk about our pain, to talk about the stuff we have gone through and the stuff we are going through. That's a part of this. I love, I love what this says. Verse 5, this hope doesn't put us to shame. We've got to name the shame and recognize that the hope in Christ does something different. I mean, we have to literally put this stuff on the table. Yes, bringing in the gospel, becoming acquainted with the gospel requires us to get active but also personal to talk about our own personal growth, to talk about our own personal journeys, to talk about the ways that our journeys have maybe gone off the rails, to talk about the parts of our journey that have been less than ideal, and to allow those things to be framed in such a way that God might use them to build endurance in us and strength and courage. What else did it say? And character. Man, that's personal work. 
It means, friends, that when Jesus came and when Jesus invited us into abundant life through him, it wasn't simply about getting to heaven. It was also about getting to work on this planet. That's the laborer's piece that you're going to hear early uh, in the gospel text later this week in Deep Gospel. But it's also about you. It's about letting your problems be framed in such a way that it produces endurance. Endurance produces character. That stuff on the deep side. That's stuff that Jesus is as interested in as much as he's interested in you getting to heaven. And I would say this, and I say this as Derek, I don't say this as, as you know, every pastor or every Methodist even, I just say this as Derek. But one of the things that I look for in mature Christians are people who allow the gospel to get personal with them. Allow the gospel to lead them to places where they address and put their fingers on the pain points of their lives and allow the pain points of their lives to produce endurance and character to hope. You know, when in the gospel text, when Jesus steps into that space, you're going to read it. He steps into a space and he sees these people who are sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. He's not afraid of addressing the not ideal parts of our lives. And as he's preaching the good news of the kingdom, it's speaking not just to the activity that comes for those who embrace it, but yes, the personal lives of those who are willing to embrace it. So I ask you, how has the gospel, the good news of Jesus' way of doing things, the good news of Jesus' reign in our lives, the good news of heaven coming to earth, how has the gospel caused you to get personal? Studio Wesley exists to curate authentic and informed content that connects with college-aged young adults on their journey of spiritual and personal discovery. We seek to build a community rooted in faith that values an open, inclusive, and expansive table where all are welcomed, respected, and loved without reservation or exception. We endeavor to do this by providing space for college students to share their journeys with one another and for leaders in the church to offer their perspective and guidance through blogs, podcasts, videos, and other forms of media. To find out more about Studio Wesley, visit studiowesley.org. Thank you for joining us as we all continue to explore what online campus ministry looks like today. I believe that embracing the gospel means that we get active, embracing the gospel means that we get personal, and embracing the gospel means that we are hopeful. We get hopeful. We move to hope. We've already heard this, right? That, um, that um, in verse 3, that uh, our trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I want everybody to say hope. Please say it again because I actually could not hear you. Everybody say hope. Thank you. Okay, um, verse 5, this hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then verse 6, I love this. While we were still weak, at the right moment, let me back up. While we were still weak, hey, we got to talk about the personal stuff, right? We got to talk about the pain points. While we were still weak, at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It isn't often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe someone might dare to die for a good person. But God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
You know, one of the reasons I believe that the gospel requires us to continuously come back by this cross-resurrection narrative, I know that can be a little bit um, difficult for some of us, the, the, the reality of the cross, the reality of Jesus fully human as well as fully God dying on the cross and even the idea of him going to the cross for us creates a lot of tension for some of us and I want to name that and say that I get that and I hear that but I think one of the reasons that the gospel always kind of brings us back by that part of the narrative specifically is the hope that even on the darkest day this is not the end of the story that even in Christ dying for us, Christ dying for us is not the end of the story. I think that when Jesus steps into the space and he sees these people, sheep without a shepherd, helpless and harassed, and he preaches the good news of the kingdom to them, what he's saying to them is, yes, I get it. You've got all kinds of diseases and sicknesses and things that are holding you down. But friends, this is not the end of the story. And to embrace the gospel is to get hopeful, to literally make a decision to find the hope. I sometimes talk about hope in this way, that hope at, its, at the bottom is simply being willing to get out of bed in the morning. Because for people like me, sometimes getting out of bed is work, okay? It is active and it is personal for me to get out of bed. But in order for me to get out of bed, it is literally me pulling at the hope in my life. And I think that that is also what comes with the gospel, that we look at our lives, we look at our world, and we go for the hope. We embrace the hope. We get hopeful, which is active and it's personal, right? Many of us right now are engaging in conversations and activity and work towards being anti-racist. And some will just call it a social issue. Some will just call it a fad. But here's what I know to be true about a lot of people. The reason why they are getting involved in anti-racism conversations and activity and work is because they look at the way that our world is right now. They look at the disparities and the inequality in our world, specifically for black people, indigenous people, and people of color. And they look at that and they hear the voice of the Spirit say, this is not how the story ends. And so they are pulling at the hope by engaging in conversations about white privilege, engaging in conversations about how to topple bigotry and prejudice. They're engaging conversations about how to dig deep and to become anti-racist. And again, some might call it a fad and some might call it just a social issue. But friends, I think that there are people who are pulling at the hope. There are folks that stay in counseling, not because counseling is easy, not because counseling is cheap, but because they are pulling at the hope that says this is not the end of the story. Friends, this is what I believe happens when we embrace, we pull the gospel close. If we keep the gospel at a distance, there's not a whole lot to hope for often. If we keep the gospel at a distance, then yeah, we are in despair. That is said over and over again in the New Testament. But if we pull the gospel in, if we receive the good news, if we bring it in, get acquainted with it, it means that we get hopeful. So we keep working on ourselves because this is not how the story ends. We keep investing in relationships because this is not how the story ends because the gospel will continue to invite us to get active and to get personal so that we can continue to be hopeful in this world. So friends, 
Are you embracing the gospel? Are you pulling it in? Are you bringing it close? And can I just say that embracing the gospel is also embracing Jesus. It is bringing Jesus close to your life. Jesus has acted in our world. Jesus has done incredible things for us. He has poured out the love of God into our hearts by his grace. And so now we are invited to respond. I invite you tonight to consider in your everyday life how you might embrace the gospel, how you might bring Jesus closer to your world. It's going to mean you're, you're going to get active. You're not going to be able to be passive if you embrace the gospel. It will mean that you'll have to get personal. You will have to get personal. You can't be looking at somebody else's personal life. If you embrace the gospel, it's, it's going to be about you. It's going to be about you doing some deep work. Yeah, problems, troubles, producing endurance, which leads to character, which leads to hope. And it's going to mean that you become hopeful. You get Hopeful. You reach for the hope. You pull for the hope. And so I invite you this week to think about how you might embrace the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, friends, the world needs you to do it. The world needs active, personally strong, and hopeful people right now. Friends, let's pray together. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just give you praise for the ways that you're moving in our lives in this season. I thank you for the meaning that you're giving to us, the purpose that you're giving to these days. And I thank you for the gospel, the good news of the kingdom that goes out to all of us who are helpless and harassed, who are like sheep without a shepherd. You are speaking the message and the good gospel of Jesus. And so Holy Spirit, would you give us courage to embrace this gospel? Would you give us courage to be invited into a gospel that calls us to action, a gospel that calls us to get personal, and a gospel that leads us into hope. We ask you to do it, yes, for our sake, but also for the sake of this world, for the sake of our communities, for the sake of our neighborhoods, for the sake of our families. Raise up laborers for the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wesley Union. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to extend a special thanks to today's speaker, as well as our production team, Troy Argon Buchanan, Sarah Taylor, and Derek Scott III. My name is Allison Corwin, and thank you for listening to Wesley Union, a Studio Wesley offering powered by Campus to City Wesley.